You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. It is time for Matt Williamson's Mock Draft 2.0. And if you'd like, you can follow along at ProFootballNetwork.com and read all kinds of other great football content, including that from Matt Williamson, who you can also find on Twitter at Williamson NFL. You can find me at BD Peacock. Keep those questions coming for our next Twitter Tuesday. This episode brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, Matt, your second full first round mock draft. The, the last time we checked in with your mock was pre-free agency, pre-pro days. It was about a month and a half ago, I think it was, uh, some, sometime in February. Yeah. Um, and I know, and I... I didn't want to spoil anything for myself because I wanted to really uh, let these picks hit me as they came along here, and I'll let you explain all of them, but I am seeing the first one. That one at least hasn't changed, so I'm wondering how much has changed for you (laughs) just philosophically with this whole first round. There's been some trades, too. Yeah, there's been some trades. There's been pro days. Um, I would imagine we'll probably do another right before the draft, but uh, it's amazing how much has changed, especially because we have less tape to go off of to begin with. And to be very honest, I mean, I'm much deeper in my knowledge of this class, too. I mean, a month and a half ago, um, I'm more NFL than college. So I was gearing towards free agency and uh, all those good things. So let's dig in. I mean, let's try to get through this whole thing today, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, let's blast through this. And I've had a lot of fun the last couple of months really playing catch up with a lot of these prospects. Because similar to you, my Saturdays are not taking up watching college football. And there's a lot less games happening this year, too. So playing catch up, watching some for some of these prospects going back to 2019 tape and seeing what they look like. And I'm really forming some solid opinions and feel really good about how I feel about these prospects at the top of the draft. So I'm interested to see how you view these with these teams. Do you have any trades? First of all, were trades an option for your mock draft here? I did not. So when we get to pick four, I'll I'll talk about that a little bit more, but I did, there was no trades in this draft. So that's something that people need to know, obviously. Jacksonville Jaguars, no surprise. Trevor Lawrence going number one overall, and we know this is going to be the case. Has Trevor Lawrence gotten the benefit of the doubt and being able to skate through this process without being overanalyzed like maybe some of the other top prospects that have been on the in the picture for a while now as prospects in this draft? That's a good question. I mean, there's so many. Um, I mean, I think he is a generational, and I, I'm, I hesitate to use that word. It's a big word type of quarterback prospect and as good as a good prospect as I can remember. But I think everyone's scrutinizing the others because there's so many other, it's such a top heavy draft, even in the, this with the, the Wilson Jones lands fields crop that they're the guys getting all the, the arrows slung at them and all the scrutinization. So maybe he has gotten off a little easy. I mean, despite his greatness, he's not a perfect prospect. And I think in a way, the same thing is happening now with Zach Wilson because everybody knows he's the oh, pick. No. So at, at number two, the New York Jets have traded away Sam Darnold. Everybody knows. I mean, we all knew he, they were going quarterback there, and now it's a guarantee. They're going quarterback, and most likely it's going to be Zach Wilson. And I think everyone has penciled him in so long that they stopped really poking holes in his game as well. Yeah, and I'm a little worried about him. I mean, he dealt with very little pass rush pressure at BYU. I mean, he had Christensen and some other future NFL guys blocking for him. 
that are 24 years old on after Mormon missions and didn't play a very difficult slate of defenses at all. That seems to be overlooked. I mean, rarely do you see him under pressure. The only player in this draft that or quarterback that faced easier competition was on the one double a level with Trey Lance, who had, you know, a really good team yeah, versus yeah. a lot of teams that weren't that great. But and it's not that big of a difference because Zach Wilson's schedule was quite easy and it's not his fault. And he carved up that schedule that he was dealt. So um, a really fun prospect to watch. And, and most likely he's going number two to the Jets. And a lot of people are saying that the draft starts at pick three. I think we know exactly what position the 49ers are going to go with at pick number three. And I'm looking at this selection, Matt, and I got to say, <laughs> you got duped. You fell for it. I didn't, I didn't, I thought you were smart in that. You fell for it. Mac Jones to the Niners at three. We've talked about this a ton. I'm just kind of going on what I'm hearing and I'm believing the smoke. It's not who I would take. And I just think it makes it more realistic because I think that's what's going to happen. And I, I love you, BP, but I think you're in denial. And I would be the exact same thing if this was. The Steelers traded up for three, and they're going to go for Mac Jones. It would be keeping me up at night, but I think it's going to happen. Some brand new props just dropped today from BetOnline.ag, and uh, you can get some some nice uh, payouts for names like Trey Lance and Justin Fields at number three with Mac Jones being the favorite right now. And uh, I'm still not buying it and I'm not going to buy it until draft day. But that brings us to the Atlanta Falcons. I don't blame you, but those folks in Vegas don't (laughs) build those big palaces because they don't know what they're talking about. Right. That is true. That's very true. Uh, Trevor Lawrence (laughs) one, Zach Wilson two, Mac Jones three, three quarterbacks off the board and things get very interesting at pick four with the Atlanta Falcons, whether they're picking there or not, they are sticking here with no trades in your mind mock draft do they go quarterback will we see for the first time ever four straight quarterbacks to start the 2021 draft well because we didn't do trades first of all i think there's about a 50 50 chance that if atlanta stays at four they go quarterback versus somebody like Pitt or Pitts or somebody along those lines so i don't know it's a slam dunk that if they pick it's going to be a quarterback but because i didn't do trades i wanted to lean towards putting a quarterback here to make the other, what, 28 picks maybe a little more authentic, you know, because I think there's a great chance that Denver, maybe even Washington or New England, gets to four to take a quarterback. And I think that quarterback will be Trey Lance. So I had him going to Atlanta to try to make the rest of the picks out of the top four as truthful as I think is possible. So 50% chance the Falcons, if they stick there, take a quarterback and nearly a 100% chance of a team trades in is going to go quarterback. So we're, we're right. looking at a, a high chance that they will go one, two, three, four with quarterbacks who will be those quarterbacks at three and four is very interesting. You have Trey Lance there. Uh, is there, is there a big gap? Is there a reason you like Lance for the Falcons specifically? I, I did think, you know, I like fields better. I mean, to be honest with you, I like Lance quite a bit. I supposedly, again, I'm just kind of reading clippings, which I should be smart enough at this age. I've been doing this for 20 some years (laughs) that this is the lying season, but it sounds like the Falcons like Lance. That's the smoke you get from Schefter and Morton, those guys. So I put him here again, Fields would be my number two quarterback period, but that's not what I'm hearing. So I kind of wanted to make it as authentic as possible. So the other picks held up. 
That brings us to pick number five and the Cincinnati Bengals. And we now officially, with the Bengals selecting, will not have another quarterback coming off the board. So four straight QBs and now I think consensus the best non-quarterback prospect in this draft. And he's only gaining steam at this point, and that is Florida tight end Kyle Pitts. Yeah, yeah. With all respect to Jamar Chase, who I think is great, and Burrow-Chase combination would be wonderful. I think you take Pitts over Chase. The conversation is Sewell versus Pitts. You know, I mean, you could put Sewell at left tackle, bump Jonah Williams into guard, and that would be wonderful. And generally speaking, I'm going to be lineman over skill guy. Um, I certainly am Pitts over Chase because there's so many receivers. You could get one on day two much easier than you could get somebody like Pitts. But to your point, I think he's the best player in this draft. It's not a quarterback. And to be honest, I don't think it's even close. All right. Next, we'll find out another, I think, uh, Big man up front, offensive lineman versus skill guy with pick number six and the Miami Dolphins and the rest of Matt Williamson's mock draft 2.0. A big reason to repair and maintain your vehicle is to save money. And because chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and always reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging Prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Just go head over to RockAuto.com. The website is super easy to use. Find whatever you need for any, and I mean any, make or model of car or truck. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers for 20 years online. They have everything you need, tail lamps, motor oil, jumper cables, small parts, big parts, aftermarket kits, whatever you need to get your car looking and performing its best. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks and get it delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Quarterback, 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 tight end. An odd start in 2021. This is a fun draft season because you don't see that order very often. Uh, No defensive players yet gone, and I have a feeling, Matt, that at pick number six in the Miami Dolphins, there will still not be a defensive player off the board. No, I went with Jamar Chase. I mean, I think that they could use a a great prospect here, a downfield weapon, make Tua's life easier, reuniting him with his quarterback, much like Chase and Burrow, Tua with the two Alabama guys as well. But I just think Chase is better than them. I considered Sewell here as well. I just think this is going to probably be a skill position player. I have seen the argument, and I, I don't disagree, although it's not the reason to pass on a player that you think is awesome. But Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, is Jamar Chase different enough from those guys, or do they need somebody who's maybe got more wiggle, more of an underneath player with those two guys, more outside types and down the field types, and, and Devontae Parker, a similar player who can go up and, and win the ball in the air? I think that's a legit conversation, too. I mean, the, the, he is a little redundant, but I just think he's clearly the best receiver, so that's why I went with it. But I hear you. I mean, maybe if it went like this, they would try to get to – eight or nine or something like that. Somebody that wants fields and end up with one of those guys and a little something extra. I would be willing to bet that the Miami Dolphins are really hoping it's Kyle Pitts here. 
I think so. I mean, Gasecki's swell. I mean, he's great. I mean, no, no problem. I mean, he's a good player. But having both those guys on the field together, and Pitts is just special. I mean, I, I don't care what you have at tight end or TE, you know, or what receivers you have. He is super welcome to all. The reason that the Miami Dolphins moved back from 12 to 6 is because they were guaranteeing themselves with three quarterbacks going one, two, three, Sewell, Chase, and Pitts, right? So it's got to be one of those three guys. I think so. Okay. I, I do. I think I would like Sewell there. And also, you've got the left handed quarterback, too. So do you put Sewell mm-hmm. at right tackle or Austin Jackson, who was in the first round last it. year? That's an interesting Strongly one. considered it. I mean, to peel back the curtain, and I didn't think this in advance, but. Miami does end up with an offensive lineman with their second first round pick. Oh, okay. Okay. A little teaser there for later in this mock draft. Let's move on to pick number seven in the Detroit Lions. I think this is another spot that could be very much a quarterback in play and maybe for a team that's not the Detroit Lions, but you actually have the Lions going with the fifth quarterback off the board here and Justin Fields now gone and he goes to the Detroit Lions and will, I guess, for a year back up Jared Goff and eventually take over for him. Yeah, and they need everything. You know, my logic was this front office and coaching staff have long-term contracts. They don't need to win right now. You might as well get a uh, what I think is a great quarterback prospect here. And to your point, too, maybe it isn't Detroit at seven. Maybe it's Denver moves up two spots or, you know, one of these other teams. But I think there's a good chance Fields goes here. And if I was Detroit in this situation, I'd be open for business to move back. They need everything. New England Patriots is another, although yeah, it's not yeah. Bill Belichick's MO. In fact, I just saw a stat today. The Patriots have only traded up in the top half of the first round one time. And it was from pick 14. Well, it's usually a really long way to go for them. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And, and the, the time they did it was pick 14 to 13. And I'm trying <laughs> to remember... I can't kind remember which player it was, but uh, that was Is the it big Jared trend. Mayo, maybe. No, I don't think so. It was. That wasn't it. I mean, I'm just totally pulling that out of the left field. But oh man, I just somebody they must have liked. I can't remember, but yeah, they they moved up one spot, so it'd be very unbelichek like. But this offseason has been very unbelichek like. So could they go up for the, the fifth quarterback there? And I think pick seven would be for sale, and I think it would be smart for the Lions to move back from that spot if that was an option. And we're going to the Carolina Panthers at eight. Did they tell us that they are done with the quarterback room on their 2021 roster? Teddy Bridgewater and now trading for Sam Darnold, sitting at pick eight, not moving up. They are going to snag Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle from Oregon. Yeah, and I think they'd be really happy about it if it went this way. I mean, that's a, an ideal guy to make Darnold's transition easier. Great prospect to get him at eight. They're, they're a massive benefactor of five quarterbacks going in the top seven. I think that works out well. If it doesn't go this way, I think Rashawn Slater could even be in play for them there. Pick nine, the Denver Broncos. Finally, a defensive player off the board. Matt, do you happen to know, and and I don't, I was hoping maybe you did, what's the latest that the first defensive player to come off the board in an NFL draft has ever been? Because we might set a record this year. This might be. I mean, this could set the record. I I don't know off the top of my head at all, but you got to think that there's a great corner, a pass rusher almost every year that trumps these guys. And usually, of course, you don't see five quarterbacks going in the top seven or eight. This is Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State, 6'3", 245, 439, 
40 at his Penn State Pro Day, just a freak of nature and a human missile. Um, there's some things to vet with him, but uh, I could absolutely mm-hmm. see him being the first line, uh, first player, first defensive player off the board. And obviously with Vic Fangio's history, I could absolutely see him fall in love with that type of linebacker. Yeah, I mean, I, getting shut out of quarterback in this draft wouldn't be ideal, but this would really complete their defense, and I think it would maybe even be like a top five type of defense. I think we talked about yesterday how Fangio covered covets these stud every down linebackers, and nobody has better traits at this position than Parsons. Two teams here back-to-back at 10-11. One is the Dallas Cowboys that it's been a corner in almost every single mock draft, and it's hard not to mock a corner to them because the value meets need almost every time when you do a projection to the Cowboys at 10. And no surprise here, it's Patrick Sertain, the cornerback from Alabama. And then pick 11 with the New York Giants is the complete opposite because they've been wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. All of a sudden, they sign Kenny Galladay, and it's like, okay, well, now which direction do the New York Giants go? And you have them going with Sean Slater, the offensive tackle from Northwestern. Yeah, I'm glad you kind of lumped these two divisional foes in because I think these are very easy decisions the way it falls. Like, oh, Sertain's there. Take it. Uh, No problem. The Giants will find somewhere on their offensive line for Slater, and that might complete their offense. You know, I mean, the offense looks pretty darn good on paper, maybe quarterback aside, you know, with with another stud offensive lineman. And we know how much Dave Gettleman loves his hog mollies up front. So, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be an easy pick for them. Pick number 12, the Philadelphia Eagles. I think one of the reasons they had no problem going from 6 to 12 is thinking that they're probably going to have their shot at uh, one of the top three wide receivers in this draft. And here they had their shot at two of the top three wide receivers, consensus pass catchers in this draft in Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith, both from Alabama. You had them going with Waddle, going with the speed guy. Yeah, and again, tough decision, two great players. Great value to get these guys and, you know, to have them both sitting there at 12. If they were both shut out, maybe you'd go for a Parsons or somebody like that. I just think that speed factor with as much as I think they'll run the ball with a running quarterback, kind of back some people out of the box. We talked about Justin Fields, and I really do think teams or at least mock drafters and and people projecting the draft, I don't know how things are actually going to go when this thing kicks off in a couple of weeks on Thursday night. But I really think like Justin Fields is one of those players that that is being overthought and holes are being poked into his game. And they have been for a while because he's been on the scene for a long time and and nobody will put his name to a certain spot in the draft. Devontae Smith is another player that I think when we look back in a few years, we'll be like, man, I can't believe everybody overthought Devontae Smith. Who cares that he was 170 pounds? It did not yeah. matter. He was just that good. And he slips to number 13 right here. And I love the pick. And it's a steal of a selection, in my opinion, to Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Again, this team could doesn't have massive needs. They could take a Slater. They could take a J.C. Horn. But if this guy's sitting there, I mean, I just think that that's how you compete with the Chiefs is throwing the Allen, Williams, Smith. And those guys are nicely spaced out in their careers. Um, I I think it makes them a contender. Uh, This would be an easy pick for them, too. At 14, when I was doing my first mock draft, the Minnesota Vikings were a tough team because there's not a player that you're really like, oh, my gosh, okay, this guy fell to them. You have to make this selection. So maybe the Vikings would be willing to move out. Maybe the Vikings would be willing to move up for a Slater. Um, And in my first mock, I had him go with the same player here in Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Maybe a tackle, maybe a guard. He's a really nice player, but 
I think the top 13 prospects in this draft, there's a little bit of a line. And in almost every mock draft, you see the same 13 guys go in some different order. So I wonder if the Vikings could potentially be on the move and maybe a team wants to move up for the first edge player in this draft too. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a a little bit of draft no man's land, but they absolutely need one more offensive lineman. Although their offense was way better than their defense last year. I thought maybe they would want their choice of edge rushers here too. Again, if they could move back four or five spots, pick up something extra and either take an edge or Vera Tucker or even uh, Newsom or one of the other offensive linemen, that might be better. But I'm not sure, who, to, to your point, who people are begging to trade up to get. Maybe it's even this next guy because of Farley's injury. Yes, with Farley moving down the board because of his back injury and not playing in 2020, that has really helped out J.C. Horn, who's been a cornerback too. And in some cases, I've seen him cornerback one in this class you have him going to the new england patriots and one of the things i've watched a lot of horn recently and the thing i like is the competitive nature he has and he's just got that classic corner vibe where he's gonna chirp at you and he's gonna be in your face all game long super aggressive had an outstanding pro day for his size i mean all his tests were outstanding he had a little grabby but i don't know if stefan gilmore's in the long-term plans We know this defense is built on man coverage corners, can never have enough. Uh, I think that he really epitomizes what the Patriot defense wants. Back-to-back cornerbacks here. You've got the Arizona Cardinals going with Northwestern corner Greg Newsom, who's been flying up draft boards, is also helped out by the Farley injury, I think. Need meets value, and I know that uh, the Arizona Cardinals did sign a couple of free agent corners, but short-term deals, long-term, they still need that cornerback, so I don't think it changes need for them at 16. Right. And it seems a little early uh, and I get that. And I, I don't disagree with that to some degree, but six foot one corners that run four, four flat and have good tape and are smart just don't last. Yeah. And with that length, not only the top speed, but the can flip the hips. And so those are really important things. And yeah, I would not be shocked at all to see Greg Newsom go this high, even though he's been mocked mostly in the twenties recently. Here's one I love. And I love the player. I don't know where he's going to go in the first round, but I think teams are going to you know, look back and say, ah, why didn't we look harder at Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo? Just because you know it's not a perfect fit in a certain position, or maybe he's a little bit lighter than traditional linebackers. He's just one of the better players in this draft. So I love the pick here. JOK going 17 to the Las Vegas Raiders. Him and Parsons, some of these second-level guys aren't always easy to slot. Uh, the middle of the field... It is a real problem for the Raiders' defense. They they almost should just take best defensive player available, although their O-line has a little bit of needs now all of a sudden, self-created needs. This guy is just such a unique prospect. I don't think he falls much deeper than this, and maybe even this next team would grab him if Vegas were to pass on. J-O-K. You know what's interesting? I never saw a 40 time for Owusu Koromoa, but... He did weigh in at 221 pounds, and there was talk that he was going to be, you know, 10 pounds lighter than that. And so I think that was good to be over the 220. 6'1", 221, I don't think it's that hard to squint and say, this guy can play linebacker every down for us in today's NFL. No 40 time, but 37-inch vertical, 6.803 cone, which is 93rd percentile. So fantastic workouts, and, you know, that you see that athleticism on tape. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he flies all over the field. You teased this pick earlier, the Miami Dolphins' second selection in round one. They're going with an offensive tackle here, Christian Derrissaw, out of Virginia Tech. Yeah, again, I think Derrissaw's going to go early. You know, these next couple picks, Washington, Chicago, Indy, 
maybe even Tennessee, I think would all covet him. So I really think he goes in this neighborhood. Miami's done a lot to their roster the last two off seasons, but they still won the worst offensive lines in the league last year. And that's why I considered Sewell for them early on. Love that pick. And if you're just looking at pick six and 18, I'll take Darisaw and whatever wide receiver they can get at six versus one of the offensive tackles there and the leftovers at wide receiver at 18. Yes, I tend to agree. All right, picks 19 through 32 coming up. Matt, I sense a run on offensive tackles and defensive ends. Looking at the latest NFL draft props released at betonline.ag. My opinion would be wise to get in on this uh, Justin Fields 5-1 to action at the third overall selection. Mac Jones favored there, no surprise. Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson favored at pick 1 and 2. First defensive player selected, Patrick Sertain, but you could get some better odds on Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips, J.C. Horn, Micah Parsons, maybe. Could Rashawn Slater usurp Penny Sewell and become the first offensive lineman selection? What about running backs and wide receivers? You can find those props and more over-unders when all these prospects will be selected at betonline.ag. Major League Baseball, Masters Weekend, NBA, NHL, Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Go to the website now. Use promo code LOCKEDON to sign up and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The Washington football team, which is a team to look out for, a team that could be on the move. It's not that expensive, I think, if you find the right quarterback to go from 19, maybe 10 spots 12 spots up into the top 10 of the draft. It will be pricey, but it won't be crazy if you get your guy. So I'm looking at the Washington football team as as one of those that I don't know if they're going to be drafting at their original selection here at 19. You have them taking Tevin Jenkins, second straight offensive tackle off the board, and just a a straight-up mauler, a guy that when you put on – I didn't have him in my first mock, and I wish I would have because the more I watch of him, he's just fun to watch because he crushes people. I I love the tape. I really do, and he's a – Right tackle, guard, whatever, maybe even left tackle in today's NFL because that doesn't matter as much. Um, new friend of the Locked On Network, Michael Lombardi, I was listening to his podcast yesterday, and he thinks there's a very good chance that Washington's going to try to be aggressive to go get a quarterback. Uh, that would add up. You know, Their roster's, I don't want to say complete, but it's in a lot better shape than it usually is this time of year. Mm-hmm. But if they can't get that done, and I don't have dr- trades included here, one more lineman. I mean, you got Antonio Gibson and all those weapons now with McLaurin now and, and uh, Samuel. It's a pretty good setup. Rashad Bateman going to the Chicago Bears at twenty. The wide receiver who is wide receiver four in this draft. That was uh, is going to be a fun one. He's going to be one of the speedier slot types. Bateman, who's been doing it at a high level for a long time at Minnesota, the route runner, or you're going to go height, weight, speed with Terrace Marshall. You have the Chicago Bears taking Rashad Bateman here. I think he's a little bit overlooked. I mean, people didn't realize, or maybe not everyone realized, he had COVID and lost some weight. And uh, people looked at his pro day and said, oh, he's only 190 pounds. Well, he plays at a bigger, a higher weight than that, and he still runs extremely well. I love his tape. I think he's clearly the fourth receiver and is closer to the top three than he is behind him, those the, behind him. The biggest shocker to me in this mock draft so far, Matt, Zero defensive linemen off the board. The first yeah. one now gone, 21 to the Indianapolis Colts. Quiddy Pay, and not surprising at all if he is the first defensive end off the board, but man, no defensive 
ends. No pass rushers in the top 20 picks of the NFL draft. What are we coming into? What kind of crazy year is this? Quiddy Pay uh, is just a, a rocked up dude, and he'll keep coming after you all day. But again, like all of these pass rushers, maybe you'd like a little bit more length. Maybe you'd like a little bit more bend around the edge. Uh, it's just hard to place all of these defensive ends, and that's why so many of them are getting stacked into the, the back end of all these mock drafts. Yeah, and Pay has freaky tools. It wouldn't shock me at all if he ends up going in the 12th neighborhood. I mean, to your point about the, the draft started with offensive players, how how many times do you go 20 picks without an edge rusher going? Yeah. You know, I mean, and everybody can always use one. Could the Raiders just grab him and say, thanks? Yeah. But the Colts, I think, would gladly take him. Personally, I like Jalen Phillips the best and Pay's my second favorite edge. I think Pay's going to go ahead of him, though, just because of the testing. Right. And the, the injury history, about yeah, the, yeah, the injury history from USC days, the medical is going to be tough. And when it comes to concussions, which was Jalen Phillips thing, and we'll look ahead two picks, we'll skip one and go to the 23rd pick with the New York Jets. I absolutely believe the Jets are going to draft the defensive end. And if Jalen Phillips is there, fantastic fit for Robert Sala's defense. But it's really hard. It's not like a knee where you can go in and look at uh, scans and, and mm-hmm. see how someone structurally is when it comes to the brain and the, the problems for Jalen Phillips were concussions earlier in his career. I think it's more difficult for teams to evaluate those injuries. Uh, 100% true. I mean, if he ends up falling out of this first round, that wouldn't shock me, and I think we'd know why. The tape is really impressive, though. So we skipped one. Tennessee Titans at 22, going with Caleb Farley, snatching him up after his fall of, you know, 10 or so picks from where he was projected to go before his back injury, and then Jalen Phillips with his injury uh, concerns there, 22 and 23. Uh, Tennessee did this with Jeffrey Simmons a couple of years ago. I think that they would, and they were mm. quite happy with their results. Yeah. I didn't know where to put Farley. I mean, they've tried to, they've clearly restructured their entire pass defense this offseason. He may be that last piece, and he may end up being one of the best players in this whole draft. So, I mean, we'll see when we get some info and that medical recheck, combine the medical recheck. He's going to be the biggest one people are looking at. Um, do you think he goes in the first or not? I mean, I really don't know how to talk about him. I he I think he does just because there's a clear gap in corner talent. So once you get past Newsom and, and Horn, where else are you going to go at corner? I don't think you're going to draft Asante Samuel. And if you need a corner, uh, I think he still will sneak into the end of the first round and definitely won't get much past 32 if he does. It's just a position that too many teams need. And the initial yeah. diagnosis was that he was supposed to be ready for training camp anyway. That's what you're hearing, right? So I'm going to take that and think, hey, if you can give me the sixth, seventh best player in the draft in the 20s to a playoff type team at a premium position, and we'll we'll roll the dice on it. But I bet some teams just completely take him off the board. It's like, yeah, look, back injury, didn't play. He opted out in 2020, yeah. one season of tape. I'm not touching that. That's quite possible. This pick did not change from Williamson's mock draft 1.0. It is your Pittsburgh Steelers selecting Alabama running back Najee Harris. Yeah, I've talked about it a lot. I, I think this is very possible. Truthfully, if I were, you know, if, it, if I had my druthers and I was sitting here 24 and it went this way, I would try to trade down six, seven spots, get maybe in the early second neighborhood, take one of these three running backs there and address some more needs. But I think there's a great chance that they see some Lev Bell in him in terms of a upside as a receiver. The running back position here has just been really poor and they need to do something about it. Pick 25, Trevon Morig of 
TCU, the safety. He's a common pick here at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've seen his name more and more commonly in the first round of mock drafts, and he's become the consensus top safety in this class. I would like it better for Jacksonville if they could hang on a few picks and, and take him at pick 33 with the first selection in round two. But I get it here, and they do have a need at safety, and he's the top guy. Yeah, he, he's a very good prospect. He's on an elite prospect. I think he's pretty clearly the top safety, though. Yeah, and boy, their safety play last year was really, really bad. I mean, like the worst position group in the league. Getting into the portion of round one where there's like one massive hole in each one of these prospects, whether it's positional value or, you know, speed or size or something with Gregory Rousseau, such a strange prospect, burst onto the scene as a freshman, 15 sacks, opted out last year at six foot six and 265 pounds, ran pretty well. He ran in the four sixes, but then his... Other times were really bad, bad vertical jump, and you see that sometimes, but he's really good with his long arms and hands. So, like, he's half of an amazing prospect and half of a guy where you're scratching your head. Like, I don't know if this guy has that sort of burst for the NFL to play on the edge. Yeah, and I think this is a neighbor who will go in. I have some of those concerns as well. He's not going to deal with a lot of doubles. I think an edge is very, very likely at 26 for Cleveland. Maybe they would consider a linebacker like Zavin Collins or Jamin Davis or somebody like that here too. Edges are just pricier. It's an analytics-driven team. I don't love them, but they're really a four-man front. They're not going to drop them into coverage. He'll bump inside on passing downs. I could see them liking them. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, that's the Cleveland Browns at 26 going with Gregory Rousseau. Then the Baltimore Ravens, who are commonly mocked wide receivers here, and Terrace Marshall, 6'2 and a half and 205 pounds, running 4'3'8 at LSU's Pro Day, going to the Baltimore Ravens at 27. Yeah, we see this mocked all the time. I mean, they could go for an edge guy as well. Maybe they'd take more line help. But all of a sudden, Brown, Boykin, Duvernay, Sammy Watkins, Terrence Marshall. It's not a bad fleet of receivers. So what do you do for a team that's losing a Hall of Fame quarterback like the New Orleans Saints at pick 28? Do you replace that quarterback? Do you go crazy trading up? That would not shock me with how aggressive that front office is. But you have them going with a wide receiver, a fun weapon for their next quarterback, which is Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill throwing to wide receiver out of Florida, Kadarius Toney, who's got all kinds of athleticism and twitchiness. Yeah, and this is kind of a bet on Sean Payton. Scheme this guy up, get him in space, give him a third weapon. We know Thomas and Kamara are the foundation of that offense. I think Troutman has an interesting future, and some of the other receivers are fine. But they don't have a guy like this, you know, a a gadgety, big play, you know, get him in his hands on a bubble screen or whatever type of guy. This is why... I say Caleb Farley is not going to get out of the first round because when the Green Bay Packers come on the clock Good late point. round one at 29, it's like if he was there, you would just have to throw him in there. But uh, those top corners are now gone. You've got him going with Zayvon Collins, linebacker from Tulsa, that was really highly graded as both uh, a, a run defender and a pass defender as a linebacker. And corner and receiver where you have this mocked often, I think Collins probably goes earlier than this. He's pretty freaky too. I mean, 6'5", 260 in the middle of the field. He's a beast. I really like the player. And kind of the Packers sort of got shut out on the corners and receivers. So get something you don't have in the middle of the field. And the Packers actually are a little bit old schooly at times, right? With the way they build things on defense and up front. Mm-hmm. And, you know, bigger wide receivers when everyone else is going small. So I think size is something they covet. Yeah, I, I would bet they like him. I mean, it'd be a heck of a consolation prize. I think he's definitely better than the 29th best player. 
We talked about this last week, and I couldn't remember the player I was thinking of for the Buffalo Bills who drafted a really high upside pass rusher out of Penn State. Uh, this was 2009. It was Aaron Maben was the player I was thinking of. Oh, and yeah. We have them okay. doing it again here. Buffalo Bills going back to Penn State with a guy who had zero sacks, but uh, just an otherworldly athlete in Jason Oway. Yeah, it didn't work out with Maben. I mean, that was one of the higher obvious busts from day one. And I think they really could use a difference maker up front. They get good pressure, but not a lot of sacks. Hughes is on the back nine, and they could bring Oway along slowly, you know, kind of have a project with a high ceiling. I think it's a pretty good fit. I actually love your last two picks to finish up this mock draft, the Super Bowl uh, combatants going with guys in the trenches, and I think that's a smart way to do it. I think we learned that from Kansas City last year, and you got him going Samuel Cosme, offensive tackle from the, from uh, Texas to Kansas City at 31, and athleticism to plug in and play some left tackle, perfect fit there. Yeah, that's the position they need uh, an athlete. I mean, get out there on screens and things that they run so much. They're not asking him to just mash people at the line of scrimmage. He's a very good athlete, pure tackle. That might actually complete their line. I mean, I think that would go a long way. Um, And then the last pick, too, I guess we'll wrap it up here with Christian Barmore, the only defensive tackle going in the first round. I'm not even sure that he will, but it's another situation, sort of like Oway, where we we have some defensive tackles in place. Namakong Sue's coming back. You have a lot of ability, Christian, but you're still very inconsistent. We can kind of bring you along slow, play 30 snaps a game or so as a rookie, and you know get your feet wet with a great team. Yeah, the Bucks got to get younger and cheaper at some yeah, marquee yeah. positions like along their defensive line um, and in certain places at wide receiver. So, yeah, uh, I like this pick a lot, and I love how this first round ended. I think you nailed it, Matt. Well done. Thank you. And, again, there's – a lot of good players left. It's hard to narrow it down to 32. I, I always get a kick out of some people who are like, well, he's a surefire first-round pick. Well, you can't say that about 38 people. No, you cannot. And the draft is always bananas. Like, the craziest mock draft you will see yeah. leading up to the draft is not as crazy as the actual draft will be. And remember, when people put their mock drafts in to be graded, when you get six correct out of 32, that's a really good score, right? So. Um, oh, yeah. And obviously, we know that Matt screwed this one up already at pick three, but the rest looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about it too much, and uh, it's such a, it is the conversation of the draft. But yeah. I do wonder if he doesn't go at three to your Niners, how far does Mac Jones actually fall? That'll be a really good conversation that I bet you hope you can have as it's happening live. Oh, yeah. Quarterbacks three, four, five. That is going to be the story of this 2021. NFL draft can't wait good stuff ultimate mock is coming too on the network Matt and I will be involved there and positional rankings and everything going on in the league every day right here Peacock and Williamson